Welcome to the Compliance Time AML and Financial Crime Podcast. Here, you can learn from compliance experts, enthusiasts and creators who are contributing to the fast-moving and dynamic field of financial compliance. Hello everyone and welcome to Compliance Time. In this episode, we spoke with Angelina Jayaraja. Angie is a compliance manager in a fintech company in Australia. She has an extensive background in the financial services and payment sectors such as at Australia Wealth and Capital Markets and Enet International and she brings a unique perspective that looks to find creative solutions to risk and compliance concerns for long-standing and new startup and fintech businesses. Additionally, she has found a way to extend her knowledge and experience to the non-profit sector where she has brought her risk, compliance and governance skills to boards and executive management roles in community organizations. We met thanks to one of the compliance time posts and as you will soon learn, together we will work on bringing more interesting content. Coming back to the current episode, you will hear what it's like to work in a fintech organization. Angie will share her tips and what you need to know to survive in a startup environment. You also hear Angie's view on compliance in Australia and future trends. So without further ado, let's hear from Angie. Hi Angie and welcome to Compliance Time. It's great to have you with us today to talk about your experience and uh, I'm really excited about our future collaborations here. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So tell us a bit about yourself and your journey with compliance. So I work in the risk and compliance space in fintech um, in Australia. Um, I have uh, over eight years experience in the risk and compliance space. And my journey with compliance is very interesting because my background is actually law. So um, I had every intention to, you know, finish law school and become a lawyer and, you know, go go down the, the lawyer route and, um, I realized after graduating that law wasn't really, you know, it just wasn't on the cards for me at that point in time. And I, I honestly just accidentally fell into AML. Um, I started working for a, a B2B payments platform and I was doing the, the AML at this sort of startup fintech stage company. And to be honest, I just haven't looked back since. I've always, you know, I've always thought that my career would go one way and it turned out to be, you know, somewhat different. So I've been working in risk and compliance now for about eight years, and um, yeah, I haven't looked back. It's been uh, it's been really great, and it's been it's been really awesome to work in various areas in compliance. I've worked in fintech, I've worked in banking, I've worked in you know traditional investments, super funds, and now in the gift card space. So um, I've had a very interesting journey with uh, with compliance. That's that's amazing, and I think most of us who are, uh, who started in compliance actually stumbled upon it by accident and then fell in love and stayed for a longer period there. Uh, at least for most of the people that I've been talking to, nobody was um, prepared to be in compliance or having it as a dream job. But um, it, it is a dream job when you stay for uh, several years and you start feeling really, really good for what you do. Mm. And I don't have any experience with uh, working compliance at a fintech. So can you share with us what are the pros and cons and what are some of the learning points from your experience? Imagine you're talking with someone who never worked at a fintech ever. 
Yeah, so I think one of the the great things about fintechs, especially um, me, I, I, I love working in that startup environment because, I mean, some people find it very daunting when you go into a startup or, you know, a, a fintech sort of model where, um, you know, you have either no or very minimal, you know, compliance frameworks and um, processes in place and you have to go in there and you have to build from scratch. But me personally, I love building foundationally. I love building up. And it's, it's really great working in fintech, especially in the compliance um, area, because you get to see the maturity of the compliance function. Like as your business scales, you can actually sort of scale that compliance maturity. And there's just so many challenges and there's just so many different things that are happening. You know, you have to be able to adapt to changing priorities and, um, you know, different challenges that pop up, you know, that really challenges you in a way that you probably wouldn't in a sort of a traditional environment where you know everything's already set and you're just sort of going in there and you're building from what's already there when you're kind of building from scratch there's that element of creativity you can kind of bring your own um, creative solutions and and flair to the work that you're doing and also I think uh, particularly uh, for me um, even though I work in compliance and, and, and you know, traditionally when you work in compliance, you're very risk adverse. One of the great things about working in, in fintech is that, you know, there's a healthy appetite for risk. You know, um, me personally, I think it's important to take risk and, um, and it's important to push the envelope because that's, you know, that's the only way you're going to grow as a company. But at the same time, it's, a, it's important that we have, you know, compliance processes and, and controls in place to ensure that we're taking measured and, you know, informed decisions. So for me, I think fintech encompasses all those things, building from scratch, challenging yourself, being able to take calculated risks, being creative. So um, those are definitely the the pros of sort of um, scaling and that maturity of the function over time. I, I think one of the cons is that, um, you know, I mean, it's almost like two sides of the same coin. You know, if you're kind of used to going into an organization that already has the foundations in place, it's very difficult to kind of go in there. It can be almost daunting to go in there and build from scratch. So I think you have to be a, a special type of person or a very sort of you, you you kind of have to have a special type of drive in that way to go into a fintech. It's definitely not for everyone. So, um, yeah, I think it's one of those things where, you know, pros can also be cons. Um, the challenges can be the challenges can either you know be very you know you can find them very interesting and 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 enjoy them or you can you know they can be one of those things that you go no I, I can't do this so um yeah some of the pros and cons are almost like two sides of the same coin really but I think for me some of the the learning points um from my experience especially is that um one of the things especially in the fintech company I'm, I'm at right now, is that I'm not afraid to make mistakes. I think, especially as risk and compliance people, we've almost been drilled um, throughout mm -hmm. our careers that, you know, you have to do everything right. You can't, you know, you can't stray, you can't make mistakes. And when you do, you know, it all kind of the whole house burns down kind of thing. But um, I think what, that's one of the positives of working in a fintech is that there is that element of, you know, it's new, we're trying new things, we're taking risks, sometimes things work, sometimes things don't. Um, and, you know, there is room to make mistakes and fix them and try different things and, you know, try different creative ways of dealing with things. So I think that's probably been the biggest learning point for me is being able to make mistakes. And also just 
you know, wearing different hats. Again, when you're in a sort of a fintech um, startup phase, there's so many different things happening and you may not have all the right people in the right roles and the right amount of resourcing and, you know, knowledge on hand. And sometimes you just have to roll with the punches, wear different hats, pick up the roles, do the work, you know, and learn as you go. So, um, yeah, I would definitely say that's a a learning point that I've personally experienced working in fintech and I love it. I love that. And I think that it's really true. Like when you are facing challenges, so when you are, um, as you say, having different hats and different roles and trying to um, navigate along through some kind of, okay, uh, some kind of uh, turmoil or something that's happening in the industry. I think this is the best time to learn the most because if you are just sitting comfortably and ticking some boxes somewhere about something, you're not truly learning much, but I do agree that there there is a need of a specific type of personality to work in such dynamic environments uh, where you have multiple hats, you have multiple tasks. Yeah. Um, so each pro can be a con, as you mentioned. That that was a fantastic response. And, yeah. Um, sorry, uh, did, did you want to add something? No, I was just saying it, it was, I, I, so I sort of compare it to two sides of the same coin, you know, the pros can be cons and vice versa, depending on the personality you are and, um, you know, what you're looking for. Exactly. And um, what are the current challenges that fintech companies face in terms of compliance? What is the thing that they're working on mostly right now? Well, I think um, even if you compare, I would say even five years back, um, there was quite a healthy growth of fintech, regtech um, startups in, in Australia. There was actually quite a lot popping up. And I think what had happened was, you know, as we've always seen with regulations and regulators, they're a little bit behind, but they always tend to catch up at a certain point, right? There's a bit of a crossover. So I think where previously fintech companies were, uh, you know, there wasn't as rigid um, requirements around them and sort of, you know, regulations and expectations around them, uh, they now face a lot more. So I think definitely uh, uh, some of the biggest current challenges that fintech companies face, especially in Australia, is that now, you know, regulations and regulators are catching up to them. And so what, you know, they had a lot more freedom to kind of, you know, do business and run things five years ago, they may not have as much freedom to do or, you know, there's sort of more rules around how they're able to do it Um, you know there are fintech companies that don't necessarily have financial licenses or credit licenses you know who who provide a service because they happen to fall under an exemption but by the nature of the business of who they uh, of what they do and who they engage with whether that be a traditional you know bank or investment company as a result of that they are inadvertently kind of lumped into that regulation as well so if, if that sort of makes sense so in order for them to carry out their business, even though they may not necessarily, uh, they don't necessarily have a license or, you know, are required to under any specific law because, you know, of the organisations they're doing business with, they are unfortunately, you know, required to fall under those regulations. And also I think there is, you know, a lot of fintech companies now in Australia, there's, there are a lot of um, organisations, I think everyone, it's, it's a hot thing right at, at the moment, everyone's trying to you know get into the fintech business so I think there's a lot of healthy competition and so you know with healthy competition there's also that thing of you know 
will it go? Will it? Will it not? Fintech, the whole the whole thing around fintech companies is getting that funding, getting the right people in, and growing the business. And you know, some of it is luck, but some of it is also that organizational development, bringing like a viable product to market, having the you know the take up and scaling, and 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 um, you know being able to grow from that. If that sort of makes sense, so. Sometimes you you start a, a fintech and you may not get the funding that you want, or you get the funding, but unfortunately it falls over because you don't have you know the right resourcing and the right amount of people and the right knowledge and skills, or maybe it just doesn't the 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 product that goes to market just isn't isn't taken up um, by by people. There's so many so many challenges I think that fintech companies face, um, and that element of compliance as well, depending on. The, the, the organizations that they're dealing with or the businesses that they're dealing with if they're working with you know like I said before banks and traditional investment companies who require them to have some form of uh, whether that be an AML program and the the required checks around that or whether they require them to have a license whatever it is so um, yeah I mean there's no one one answer to that there are so many challenges that fintech companies face I reckon in terms of compliance. That's absolutely true and so interesting because it's a, such a fine balance to um, get the funding, to get um, the product, to get compliance for that product, to get <laughs> something mm-hmm. else. And I, I really feel it's like a very, very um, thin balance that um, they're working with and trying to manage all the challenges that um, they're, they're having. And because mm-hmm. we... We've never had a guest from Australia, so it would be great if you can give us a perspective about um, the country and what are some of the specific AML and fraud types that are observed there recently. Well, I think Australia traditionally, so Australia has been known as a safe haven for money laundering and fraud and that sort of thing traditionally because it was almost like a gateway to funnel money through and then the minute the money goes into Asia, you know, you lose, (laughs) you pretty much lose all control of it. So Australia has always sort of traditionally been seen as that uh, gateway to funnel money through. And it's really, again, I would say only in the last sort of five to 10 years where there's been a real push and a real sort of um, step towards really tightening up around the, you know, things like AML and fraud and, and that sort of stuff um, in Australia. I mean, I'm sure there'll be people who have worked in banks prior and they may disagree with me, but I think um, I remember when I firstly fell into AML back in 2015, um, this was a niche area. It was, Aside from banks, I don't think any other organization really ever did it. The only reason I came across AML so early in the in my career in such a niche area is because I worked for a fintech company that um, fell under the UK and the US AML legislation, which was, you know, 10 years ahead of Australia at that point in time. So I had a very unique ex- sort of introduction into AML because I was sort of doing AML and um, learning the foundations around it. Uh, that was a good 10 years ahead of um, Australia at the time. So having said that, um, again, I, I would say, as I said before, in terms of the, the the challenges that fintech companies face in terms of regulators catching up, it's very much the same with Australia um, as well. Our, um, For example, our AML regulator is Austrac. And, um, you know, they're, they're still sort of catching up in terms of um, 
really trying to tighten up um, the AML requirements and and that sort of thing. I mean, you know, I think uh, it would have been early last year that Austrac revealed that there was a major overestimate of Vatican bank transfers to Australia. So there was money funneling in from the Vatican that there was a major overestimation. So, and then um, even, you know, mid last year, I think it was, Austrac came out and uh, listed that, you know, there are potential serious non-compliance by National Australia Bank, Crown Resort, Star Entertainment, Sky City. These are all casinos and hotels and bank. So, um, you know, (laughs) I think it's fair to say that from a perspective, Australia is that, you know, there's been very good strides over the years um, in terms of our AML and fraud and tightening things up, but we're still sort of there are still areas I think we can improve and we can still work on um, from from a sort of a country perspective. But that's just my perspective. I'm sure there'll be people who disagree. But, yeah, I think from my perspective, um, in terms of Australia and our AML and fraud, I think we've still got a little bit of pulling ourselves by bootstraps and, and, and tying up a few things. Yeah, I was reading about these uh, casino scandals that happened and I was wondering what were the reactions of the compliance folks from Australia when that broke out? Was it like major news or was it like, yeah, we know we knew that sort of uh, no news and uh, <laughs> we knew it was happening? <laughs> um, no, I, I don't think for people who work in compliance, I mean, that that. As much as the news was coming, they came out with the news of this sort of stuff. I think people who'd work in compliance had known for a while, Um, especially people who work in AML and and fraud and stuff, knew that there was these sorts of things happening in, in, for example, the casino and the hotel business and even to some degree banks. Um, We actually had a a royal commission into like financial services here. So um, there's been a lot of things that have been happening as of late in terms of trying to clean up um, compliance and fraud and AML and that sort of thing here. So, yeah, I don't think it was a surprise to a lot of people who work in compliance, but, again, it's one of those things of the regulator finally sort of catching up and trying to tie up (laughs) the loose ends. My understanding now, um, because I I know someone, for example, who um, recently had, who, who actually works at Crown, and um, they were saying that since sort of everything went pear-shaped, um, they've been making a real effort, like, you know, Crown Casino and um, and the Star and stuff, they've been making sort of conscious steps to also improve their compliance and um, AML and that sort of thing. Because I think part of it was the financial aspect of it, but the other part of it was also the reputational aspect. Yeah. That that's the thing. Like when once such scandal breaks out, it's not only the financial cost, but also huge reputational um hit that the um, the companies are taking because it's not only financial institutions, right? As mm-hmm. with the example with Crown Casinos. Um that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this. Um just to come back a little bit to the fintech uh, space. If someone would like to transition there, what would you recommend people to do or learn if they want to work in compliance at a fintech or a startup? I think um, if people want to work in um, in a fintech startup, especially in compliance, it's, it's to have a general knowledge of 
things like AML, privacy, you know, risk management, um, or, or sort of a general understanding of all areas. You don't have to be an expert necessarily, but just to have, you know, a holistic understanding of all the areas in compliance because more often than not when you're going into a fintech or a startup, you're either building from scratch or you're building off very foundational documents or very foundational processes. Um, so you want to be able to go in there and actually mature the function. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and I, I think the other thing as well with fintech and startup is you have to go in with the mentality of being able to think on your feet and adapt very quickly. Um, priorities change all the time. You'll be realigned constantly. So being able to sort of go in, into it with a mentality of being able to change um, to be being able to sort of realign yourself and 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 change um, priorities and um, you know pick up things and prioritizing I think is very important as well just from like a management of work perspective so yeah that's probably what I would recommend people to do awesome wow that that thing that's a fantastic advice I mean uh, prioritization learn to think fast and adapt fast um, that that's great. And because we are coming close to an end, can you please tell us, in your view, what predictions can you make about the future of AML and compliance? I think straight off the bat, there's going to be a huge push around AML and compliance with regards to cryptocurrency, um, NFTs. I'm still wrapping my head around crypto. Um, and I think, you know, we've got things like NFTs, um, you know, I see that space growing, um, even if you look at, again, three to five years ago where there was a general sort of hesitancy or a distrust of things like cryptocurrency and blockchain and people not really understanding it. And now, you know, you've got companies like crypto.com and I think they I think they recently, there's like a Visa credit card or something like that with crypto. Again, I, I don't completely understand how it all works, but um yeah, I think there's there's huge strides in terms of AML and compliance in the area of um, crypto and uh, NFT, especially looking at it from a fintech or a startup um, viewpoint. I can I can definitely see there's going to be a lot of a lot of growth and um, a lot of interest and very specific or very specified knowledge that you would need uh, from a compliance perspective in that area. Yeah, absolutely. The most interesting news that I read recently about crypto was that the Sberbank of Russia, that's heavily sanctioned now, um, is offering its clients that they invest in crypto, sort of, they want to issue their cryptocurrency. I'm a bit confused how that all works, of course, and what it means, but yeah, um, there, there's so much to learn because um, from compliance side, there is a lot that can be done, as you mentioned, with crypto and all the NFT space. And we don't necessarily understand really what's, what's going on there right now. So, um, yeah, that, that was awesome. Angie, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your experience with us and um can we include your linkedin so people can connect with you um if they like what you're saying and want to ask you something yeah so i'm just angelina j feel free to just send through a connection request um i would love to connect and you know have a chat all things compliance aml risk fraud you name it thank you and we are looking forward to listening more of you on compliance time thank you so much thank you Thank you for listening to Compliance Time. If you like this episode, remember to give us a five-star review on your platform. You can also support our work 
on buy me a coffee. Don't forget to subscribe on our website for the monthly newsletter and check out our blog. Bye-bye.